Welcome, welcome, my beloveds, to the Spirit Talk Podcast. I am your host, Michael L. Pearson. I am founder of the marriage community, Love and Matrimony, as well as Christian Counseling Ministries. I am also the author of the book, Unintentional Sins, Bridging the Gap Between the LGBT Community and the Church. So why don't you sit back, relax, and prepare yourself to be enlightened, informed, and inspired as we quiet the flesh and let our spirits talk. Welcome, welcome to the Spirit Talk Podcast. I am taking a quick turn from the normally scheduled podcast topics to get on record what is truly my ultimate ministry. I have been an advocate of women for quite some time now. It is my belief that as long as the women inside the body of Christ are suffering and being misused, it is a hindrance to the development of the Christian body. So the upliftment, encouragement, and enlightenment of women to their restored place within the body is my focus. I understand that in order for the body to be whole and healed, the woman's position in it must be respected, accepted, and protected. Today's Christian woman has not been allowed to live in the fullness of the benefit of the work done at the cross. As a, res- as a matter of fact, it is being kept hidden, mostly due to the misunderstanding and misinterpretation of scriptures by men who are content with living with the advantages of relationships established by a fallen man and woman instead of the freedom and equality that the death of the Messiah ushered in on behalf of women. It has to be a religious mindset in a man for him to think that he can enjoy reaping the benefits of ushering in the kingdom of God exclusively of his own power, and yet also think that he could be successful without the assistance of the helpmeet that God made for him. That's not the way that God set things up. Remember, it was not good that the man should be alone. So God made for him a helpmeet. A kingdom man has to have a kingdom woman. If we are talking about the building and establishing of God's kingdom. So on that note, I begin and it is my prayer that women receive this message. It's going to be empowering and spark in you a new confidence in the work done at the cross how it was liberate, how it will liberate you, and how you must live in it. When it comes to our salvation, the stage is set, the way is open, the captives have been set free, sin has been forgiven, our Savior has risen, death has been defeated. Even the division between God's people and Gentiles has been taken away, and the Holy Spirit has been released. Jesus said it is finished. What does that mean? That he has made things right between God and his people. Death is no more. Sin is forgiven and every curse is lifted. Not some of the curses, but every single one. When Jesus says it is finished, he ain't playing. Every condition as a result of sin that was a concern for humanity was cleaned away and made right in the person of Christ. Even the damage done to the relationship that exists between man and woman at the fall has been cleaned up and done away by the blood of Christ. I'll explain. I think we're forgetting something. How many are aware 
that not only was there personal physical punishments attached to Adam and Eve, but as a result of that, it affected the way that they would relate to each other. The love relationship between Adam and Eve was supposed to be perfect in the garden, and it was, but only for a brief moment. Now we know God said that the woman was supposed to be a helpmeet to the man, and we are all aware of the power and influence connected with that title. Now get this, God brought all the things of creation to Adam to see what he would name them, and Adam named all the animals. He named the birds of the air, the fish in the sea, and every creeping thing. But when it came to the woman, God said, hold on, partner. I got this one. Genesis 2.18, God says, I will make him and help me. God gave the woman her name. But it wasn't a name in the sense that we name our children or in the sense that her husband gave her later after the fall. He gave her her spiritual directive. But before Eve could live in the power of her help me status, I want you to hear me now. She had it taken away from her. And guess what? Adam then gives her a name after the flesh. God gave her spiritual identity and purpose. But Adam gave her a name based on what she was, not who she was. She became Eve, the mother of all living. Not the mother of all life but the mother of all living. Now, if you take that into your meditation chamber, that's going to speak to you long after you finish listening to this podcast. I want you to hear me. Not Sarah, nor Eve, not Ruth, not Hannah, not Esther, Elizabeth, not Rachel, not even Mary. None of the women of the Bible was able to fully live in the essence, power, and potential that was made available to Eve to be a helpmeet. Today's woman is a kingdom woman. She lives in a restored condition of the helpmeet status. That is what you have before you today, ladies. That is what the blood of Jesus Christ was shared for, for you to retain your rightful place back in position as a powerful helpmeet. You are no longer a subordinate. No longer are you an object set aside waiting to be chosen. You are not a piece of flesh. You are not a dispensary for the lust of men. You have the power of choice. My God, you have the power of creation in your very wounds. Who has lied to you and made you think that your choice in this world doesn't matter and that you can in fact change the world just by the power of your choice? This I can assure you that God never intended for the woman to be left alone in the garden. Adam was supposed to understand just how great a treasure and help me for him she was meant to be. And by knowing that, he should have known that she was supposed to be protected at all times. He was supposed to give her the directives given to him by God so that she could birth it into existence. She was a seed carrier. She was the means by which the man would fulfill his plans and purpose, but he took his eyes off of her. If he had provided the covering necessary to protect such a valuable God-given asset, the serpent wouldn't have stood a chance. It is so easy to get lost in the blame game. Blame, however, doesn't serve godly purpose. What we have to learn to do is take accountability for our actions. But what did the man and woman do? What did Adam and Eve do? 
They tried to escape accountability. When they were both questioned by God, Adam says it was the woman's fault and Eve says it was the serpent's fault. They both shifted the blame in an attempt to avoid accountability. This is the same game we play today. Men blame women and women blame men and both blame today's issues on their past. This is what accountability looks like. Genesis 3, 6 says that these are the things that Eve desired from the tree. After talking to the serpent, one, it was good for food. Two, it was pleasant to the eyes. And three, it had the ability to make one wise. So the serpent used her own desires against her. Her desire to eat, to see, and to know was her ultimate downfall. Not that there was something wrong with her having the desire to eat, to see, and to know, but because she did not go to the man who God had given her to have her desires fulfilled. God said everything was good except for man to be alone. So if Eve had just taken in all that God had given them access to in the garden and all that God had given to her husband, her desire should have been focused on him. The desire to eat, to see, and to know was available to her in the person of her husband. So the covering that God gave to her was never utilized in a way that it could benefit her life. So how does this fit into the life of today's woman? She has to take accountability. Since every man is of Adam, no woman should look to any man for the fulfillment of her desires. Instead, she should turn to Christ. When a woman looks to Christ for the fulfillment of her desires, first, she is taking responsibility for her own self-care by going to the second Adam, who is the perfect model of love. Brothers, we have to take some accountability too. Where was the man in this situation in the garden? Wasn't she supposed to be his helpmate? But there she is alone, uncovered, unprotected, without direction, and dealing with her own desires. She thought it was good for food because the man had not supplied her with what God gave him to feed her. It was pleasant to her eyes because the serpent showed her something else first. She was in Eden, a tropical oasis. So why did she look past all of that? Because although her surroundings consisted of everything she needed, she lacked the wisdom to know the extent of the care that was given to her because that wisdom had been given to the man and he failed to pass it on to his wife. So for me, it's possible that Eve never knew the extent of the value of the atmosphere that she was in. Her desire overtook her vision. Lastly, she desired to have the word spoken over her. She needed the provision and spoken word of her man for her protection. Without the wise words given by God to the man, Eve had no wisdom covering. She knew not what was expected in such a situation as the one that she was encountering. She was not prepared for it. Man was the head. He was the one who was supposed to pour into Eve. And when he didn't, the serpent did. Without man's covering, Eve felt as though the experience of the tree's wisdom had the power to make her wise. So what am I saying? I'm saying that without a head, a helpmeet can be easily led astray. 
Here we are today, and today's man is just like Adam. We have misplaced the woman. We have allowed her to be alone in a world full of serpents. We have taken our eyes off the prize. But not only that, we have left her wounded and traumatized. We have put life into her and abandoned the life she gives. We said we would be her promise and we have failed. We have awakened their hearts to want love and feel love and then we pulled away. We are responsible brothers. If you've ever hurt a woman in your life, then you are responsible. We have to take accountability for our part. A woman must feel protected, cared for, and loved in our presence at all times. If you can't do it, kick rocks, keep it moving. Some of you brothers may be like me. You may not have had effective models of love, husbandry, and manhood, but our course is the same as the woman's. We have to look to Christ We may not know how to fulfill the many desires of a woman. They are very complex. I know this. But we have to get the information from the same place Adam did, from God. We can now get our heads right by understanding the messages of love, holiness, and marriage contained in God's word. We are told to love our wives as Christ loves the church. If you want to be successful at loving your wife, Learn how Christ loves his church. What do we see when we look at today's woman? Do we see Adamic women? Or do we see daughters of God bought and paid for? Do we see an object of affection that we desire to use to act out our own wounds and trauma? To the women, I have an even better question. What parts of you are you allowing men to see? Are you showing them the God in you? Are you showing your confidence in who you are? Or are you allowing men to see you through your lower forms of expression? The the women of the Old Testament didn't have a choice. They were subordinates. They had no voice. They had no real authority. I recall a woman being accused of adultery, caught in the very act with a man, and justifiably was about to be stoned to death without the man involved ever even being present or given an account. In the history of humanity, there has never been more done for the liberation of women than the work done at the cross of Christ. The status of women changed significantly. They were preaching alongside men after the resurrection in the book of Acts. In the gospels, women were used as models of faith, people of significance. Women anointed Jesus and women ministered with him. Listen to this. The first proclamation about the risen savior was done by two women. As a matter of fact, he commissioned them to go and tell his disciples that he was indeed risen. So it can easily be said that the first preachers of the Messiah's coming, of the Messiah's resurrection was done by two women. You are daughters of this time. You are not women of the Old Testament. You are daughters of the living God. I oftentimes wonder if Eve could see you now, would she not be proud of what you've become? Would Eve not turn to Adam and say, hey, babe, look at our daughters. They are proud, confident women. They are ushering in the kingdom and have been put back in their rightful place as a helpmeet alongside the man. 
and they have the Holy Ghost in them. I am so proud of my babies. So as so as a help me, a man should know why he needs you and you should know why you need him. The first thing a man should ask when he looks at a woman today, is it possible she was created for me? Someone possibly sent by God to assist him in the advancement of his life and the building of the kingdom. Does he see a potential help me? If you see a woman in this way, the connection becomes more so about this woman and how she can fit into your life as opposed to how you can fit into her. So let's just keep in mind, the name of the game is responsibility and accountability. It was the desire of the woman that the serpent was able to trick her. And for the role that the woman played in the fall of humanity, God handed her a punishment in the same manner as he handed one to the man and the serpent. God said to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In sorrow, you shall bring forth children and your desire shall be to your husband and he shall lord it over you. I want you to pay close attention to that last part, ladies. Your desire shall be to your husband and he shall lord it over you. Uh-oh. Here comes a hard pill moment. How many of you women have birthed a child? Did you experience the pains of labor? This is evidence of the stance that God took with the woman for her disobedience and the punishment put on her. Now watch this. How many of you have had a desire for a man and he lorded it over you? I know that may sound a little bit too biblical, so let me say it in plain English. How many of you have loved a man even though it wasn't a pleasant experience, yet you loved him anyway? How many of you have chased after a man attempting to prove to him that you were enough? How many of you know what it feels like to love a man that simply cannot love you back? How many of you know what it feels like to have a desire for some man and he mastered your pain? He mastered the reasons you cry. He mastered your feelings and he lorded that over you. Many a woman has paid for the education and love with an outpouring of tears. Do you understand that you've been living with the same relationship condition today as the women of the Bible did over 6,000 years ago. Think about that. Relationships as we know it has not changed much since the fall of man. Not only was punishment issued to the Adam and the woman, but the result of those punishments damaged the relationship that the man and woman would have also. God tells the woman that her desire shall be towards her husband and he will lord it over her. Ladies, do you understand what it means when someone is lorded over you? He's talking about a man being a master over his wife. Listen, Sarah called Abraham Lord, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Maybe Abraham was a good man and he deserved it. But what did Jesus say to his disciples when they called him a good teacher? He said, there is no one good but my father, which is in heaven. So the narrative of being good as a husband and being called master falls way short of the requirement to love your wife as Christ loves the church. Jesus didn't require anyone to call him master or Lord. 
And he was indeed just that. If anybody had the right to be called Lord or Master, it would have been him, but he did not require it. So there exists a condition from the Old Testament that kept women in a patriarchal system where they were objectified and their husbands were their masters. The relationship between man and woman was broken. Sin affected everything holy. Sin affected the relationship between God and man and man and woman. The punishment given to the man, Adam, and his wife, Eve, was personal, making them imperfect in the presence of a holy God. God describes for Adam and Eve a holy matrimony. God says, therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Due to the fall, they now had to establish marriages where the man was Lord and the woman was merely a subordinate to him. Marriage after the fall was based on a woman desiring a man, but never fully being able to pour into her in the capacity that she would desire to be filled. This should sadden a lot of people simply because this does not have to be a woman's story anymore, not today. Yet, one after another, woman after woman, you are still living under this flawed relationship condition simply because you have not fully accepted all the Messiah has done. And the religious men of Christian orthodoxy would rather keep it that way because it serves them better for you to remain a subordinate. Some men like being Lord and they do not want to give up that dynamic. There was so much more done at the cross on your behalf. Jesus said, it is finished. All things have been made new. The position of woman has been restored. She is now qualified by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to be a co-equal with man, no longer a subordinate, but equally valued, equally a daughter of God, just as man is a son. Equally important, equally powerful in the spiritual realm, equally worthy of submission. It appears that since the dawn of humanity, Man has fallen in love with the idea of having a BC woman. Men benefited greatly marrying and living under a system that God never intended for his creation. Men of the Old Testament loved the BC woman. He had it made. He could even have multiple wives if he chose to. Just look at Solomon. But remember, Jesus said this was allowed by Moses because of the hardening of man's heart. And he goes on to say in the same verse, now I want y'all to pick this up, but it was not that way in the beginning. That means although the fall of Adam and Eve is fact, although the relationship between the two of them was damaged, although under law, God allowed a man to have multiple wives, it was not that way in the beginning. That is not what God intended. And what Christ has come to do at the cross is restore the man and the woman through the dispersion of the Holy Spirit to be able to love each other again and become one just as it was in the beginning. They say old habits die hard and it must be true because today's Christian woman is still living under the curse of a fallen Eve when she should be living under the relationship offered by Jesus and the church, which is his bride.
Is not Jesus' love for the church the new model of marriage love? Doesn't Jesus' love for the church blot out the condition of a woman desiring a man and him being master over you? Not only has the status of women been elevated, but the role of man has been brought down from its egotistical perch as Lord within the body of Christ. No longer is the Lord, is he Lord over his wife, but he is expected to love his wife as the true Lord loves the church, making both the man and woman equal as a bride unto the Messiah. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't any order within the marriage system. What I'm saying is the order now established is based on equality. There are religious men in Christianity who want to live according to the fallen condition of an Adamic marriage and brush over the new model of Christ's love for the church. So here's the problem. Men find it hard to let go of the love affair they have with the BC woman and that Old Testament love and women find it hard to accept the new creatures that they have become in Christ. So what does that leave? This dominance of men over women is the condition that has been thrust upon women who I like to call BC women. Now, some of you might ask, what is a BC woman? BC women are women who were before Christ. If we take a look at what God intended for marriage to be in the garden, we will quickly see that there are few marriages in scripture that can live up to the standard that he set in the garden. You see, the BC woman is a throwback chick. She is a woman who still lives under the fall of humanity. She takes a backseat to men. Her voice can't be too loud. She can't be too opinionated. The power of her choice is not existent. A BC woman is the woman of today who still operates as if she is still living under the broken and flawed relationships of Old Testament times. She runs after men. She sacrifices herself for his sake. She doesn't know that she is the prize to be had. She gives away her precious body for use. She cooks, cleans, and births children before she is a wife. She doesn't know what was done for her at the cross. This is not what God would intend. A woman has to live her life to the extent of the power of the relationship that she has with her God. A woman can live a saved life and never know the extent of freedom and value that has been restored to her on her behalf by Jesus' death on the cross. A BC woman is a Proverbs 31 woman. But even as a Proverbs 31 woman, with all the confidence, self-esteem, and being about her business that she has, she is still, at the end of the day, a subordinate, a BC woman. Sarah was not a kingdom woman. Ruth was not a kingdom woman. Naomi was not a kingdom woman. The mother of Christ, Mary, was not a kingdom woman. Even Eve was not a kingdom woman. Why do I say that? Because Eve did not have the Holy Spirit and it takes the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to enter into the kingdom. Instead, Eve and all the women of the Old Testament had law. There is no transformational power in law. There is no transformational born again, Holy Ghost power in the law. Of course, they have their place in the kingdom. 
but they did not walk in the full presence of their transformation under the guidance of the glorification and Holy Spirit of God. They lived under a patriarchal system where women and children were insubordinate, were subordinates and subordinates. Because of Eve's transgression, that was the burden that a woman of God had to carry. Sarah was in no other position but to call Abraham master. Never in the history of women has the tables been shifted so much in our faith, in a woman's favor. But let's, but let's not get, but let's not get this twisted. Not that you have been made greater than the man or have some newfound independence from him, but you have been made a co-equal with him. When you are a kingdom woman, you understand that whatsoever you desire, it can only be found in Christ. What are your eyes desiring today, ladies? What knowledge are you seeking? What are you hungering for? For Eve, she was misled by the serpent to desire the tree. What is your tree today, lady? What is the name of that thing that has entered your life and you know it is not good for you? Is it some man, money, cars, a material lifestyle? What unfruitful tree do you have in your life right now that keeps you desiring it over what God wants for you? When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he restored you back into the rightful position that was lost to you in the garden. You are whole, you are enough. You are free to exercise the power of the Holy Spirit in your life like never before. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, has etern his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse... Clearly, God's way of showing his character and nature is all about the earth. It is God's order that the male of a species must vie for the right to experience the love of his female counterpart. For instance, the male peacock is the one with the brightest plumage. He is the most colorful. He puts on for the female peacock. Why? Because he has to compete by showing the most effort. The one whom God created with the ability to attract and show himself a viable companion for her. The male of every other species competes for the ability to be the one that's chosen by the female. This is God's clear and present order throughout all of creation. Women of God, how have you lost your way? The Adamic curse is no, more, no longer yours to bear. No man should be able to lord himself over you. You're released to the position of co-equal to men. And if a man that you meet cannot acknowledge you in that way or respect that, then he is not a candidate for you. Your bad choices in men and the results from those choices do not define you. Neither is it a testament of your value. Make him show you all of his colors. Make him dance. Make him show you his ability to care for you and protect you. That is your right as a woman. Do you not deserve greater than what the peacock experiences? You are daughters of God most high. Kingdom women. Do you think that in God's kingdom, the record will show the works of men and women who have fought for the advancement of his kingdom? God has always kept a record, but it has always been the record and works of men. But now in this time, 
through the blood of Jesus Christ, the relationship between men and women, between Adam and Eve, between you as a helpmeet has been restored. The woman has been put back in place and the record in heaven will tell of the power of women. Gideon didn't have it in all his armies. Solomon didn't have it. Not in all the history of humanity has it been this way. Men, you cannot abuse or use your helpmeet. She is not a tool for menial labor, but a sanctified and powerful assistant who God gave to help us usher in the kingdom of the Father. So here's the problem. Men find it hard to let go of the love affair they have with the BC woman and the Old Testament love. And women find it hard to accept the new creatures that they have become in Christ. So what does that leave? That leaves dysfunction. No, not dysfunction, but dick function. I want to make sure you hear me on that. Do you know what dick function is? Okay. Well, let me break it down for you. On the next podcast. I'm sorry, but I have to end this one now. Again, join the Spirit Talk Facebook page for engaging conversations on each podcast episode and to stay updated on upcoming topics. And remember, if you suggest a topic, you could receive a little something for your pocket. As always, you are loved, you are unique, and you are purchased. God loves you, my beloveds. Peace.